can I talk about you for a second? Do you care? It's about to get awkward. Okay. I just, I mean, we're pretty much open. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was trying to help you, no. my bad. <laughs> I, what? I didn't even know we were going. Oh, it's all a secret. You're right. It's yeah. sorry. Oh, it's just... <laughs> well, I've been, I've been trying to gather information. Going through mental health to explain what's going on with them when they don't really know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Andrew East, and this is a show where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, really anybody who has had a significant pivot in their career or life. This is important to me because this has been my experience transitioning from the NFL into what we're doing now with digital media. And today I'm really excited to introduce our guest, Sidel Curry Lee. And you may be familiar with the Curry family. Steph and Seth Curry are both professional NBA basketball players. And so today we sit down and talk with Sidel about her experience growing up in that type of environment and that type of family and how she overcame her anxiety to start achieving great things, which is what she's doing now. She has her own Facebook watch um, show called Sidel Takes On, and she's done so many amazing things. I'm really excited to be introducing her to you guys. You may notice that we're talking a lot about this ASICS eternal run, and I do want to give ASICS a shout out for making this show and episode happen. Um, we recorded this episode before the run took place. It was a blast to do. Sadell and I uh, both had very little idea of what was uh, actually going to happen during the run. And ASICS did that intentionally because the whole concept was to test your mental toughness and what happens when you put athletes out in an open desert, open field like the Utah Salt Flats and just tell them to run as far as they can. And so I'll get more information on the Eternal Run for you guys. Again, it was probably my favorite competitive event I've ever done in my life. The purpose of the whole event was to debut ASIC's new shoe called the Glide Ride, which is a super energy efficient and energy saving shoe, which is really important for me as a big guy. I weigh 230 pounds and long distance running can really take a toll on the body. So anyway, shout out to ASIC's for for making this happen. Um, I'll get you guys more information on the eternal run uh, in a little bit. But without further ado, I just want to introduce Sadell Curry Lee to you guys. Enjoy this one. And if you want to find out more information about Sadell or ASICS and their new Glide Ride shoe, you can check it out in the show notes down below. Well, Sadell, thank you for joining me yeah, on the show. It's a real me. treat. Uh, we're sitting here. I wish we could have the mountains in the background of Salt Lake City. So pretty. It is. It is really great. And did you see the rainbow this morning? No, I missed it. You didn't even hear about the rainbow. No, this is the first was, you're hearing about yeah, it. Yeah, was it like It was a special? pink sky, rainbow. I was like, Utah is awesome. Anyway. I've seen um, the mountains, though, during the winter. It's so nice. Snow. Oh, it's, it's great. Unreal. So um, we're here with ASICS. We are yeah, doing right. what is called the eternal run. And um, I am I, I'm very, I'm very <laughs> nervous. I'm very nervous. I don't know how you feel about this. Um. I guess nerve is a thing. Uh, as soon as I got here, my mom was like, it's supposed to be 100 degrees. And I was like, okay, I'm, I live in Hayward, California, and I run in like 80 degree weather. And I'm like, okay, I'm in literal hell. Yeah. Like the heat is crazy. So in 80 nervous. degree weather? 80 degree weather, right. So when you put 100 plus next to like running, okay. and, and I'm, a, like, I'm a volleyball player or ex-volleyball player, and all of our stuff is indoors, at least you have like the heat part, okay, because yeah. you're outside a lot. Yeah. But neither of us really have the running, no, like, sense of running background. I'm pretty sure, well, the, this whole Eternal Run event is for the launch of the new shoe called the Glide Ride, yes. which are these things that you see on our feet right here. Uh, they're launching at the end of September. What? Sean is, <laughs> Sean, Sean's, Sean's heckling us. Um, 
but they're doing we're doing we're part of this big event where they're bringing in 30 and this is what i heard world-class runners plus andrew uh, <laughs> side note um to do this eternal run and essentially i think like we can't we don't it's a mysterious event i have honestly no idea the, when i heard this from my team and then we got like the whole background outline of what we know i'm thinking you know what we're gonna do this rpe test are putting us through mm-hmm. this whole interval thing it's hard but i can do that so i'm thinking we're just training to do it again and then i don't think that's i don't think that's what's happening but yeah do you know who mo farah Farrar, how do you say his name mo, mo farah no the, like the best runner in the world He's we we may or may not be competing against him tomorrow. Oh my god! Anyway, no. But I'm hoping uh, the competitive side of me. I tell him I'm like I'm I'm competitive. So that's I'm, the thing. as long as I'm like either not the first to give out whatever this is, or maybe the fifth. Oh, that's your target. <laughs> be, the, the fifth out. <laughs> I don't I don't really know what's you'll, going you'll on, ju- but just be if I'm racing, yeah. competitive Sadell is gonna be like, you know what? We're not losing. Yeah. But you know. I do have to admit, like, the competitive side of me has never been so excited because it's such a mysterious thing. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're just going out there and testing it. But, um, okay, so, side note, that was all kind of a (laughs) sidetrack. But I want to talk about you. So, first thing is, you're 5'10", which puts you exactly a foot taller than my wife. Fun fact. (laughs) Wow. 5'10". Sean is... Am I the first one? (laughs) Sean is 4'10". Um, I just thought that was an interesting, interesting thing. But you grew up in uh, North Carolina. Yes. I would love to hear about your upbringing, your family, and kind of the foundation of what makes Sadell Sadell. Well, the foundation is obviously my parents. My mom's sitting here in the room. Hey, Ma. What up, Mama Curry? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, so it was the five of us, my parents and my two older brothers. And we grew up in North Carolina. I was born there. Um, We lived in Toronto for... A year and a half, two years, something like that. My dad was playing for the Raptors. We didn't really move around that much because my mom has her school or had a. You, do you still have? Is it still yours since you're retired now? Shout out to her, she's retired. <laughs> uh, but she's still like owner of it. So she had the school in uh, North Carolina. So we were there a lot. We were always in sports. Had a very like religious upbringing. We were in church. twice on Sundays every Wednesday Um, that's something that um, I know my brothers can say this as well it's always stuck with us and has kept us who we are yeah because once you're just grounded in that in your parents and in in church and stuff like that you just kind of you know know what's important in life right Um, so yeah I pretty much grew up it's a normal life people always ask me because I don't know if everyone knows, but I, my brother is Steph Curry and my other brother is Seth Curry. And so they're both really good players in the NBA and living this whole life. And people always ask me, like, what's it like having two older brothers who are, like, famous? And I'm like, do you have siblings? <laughs> same thing. It's the exact same yeah. thing. It's just it's really cool, though, to witness, you know, being able to witness their successes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a couple of things. So on your YouTube channel, which I'm now a new – I'm the newest fan of. Thank you. Uh, we're subscribed. <laughs> You have, there's four topics you talk about, faith, fitness, fashion, and mental health. Yes. Looking forward to talking about mental health in a little bit, Absolutely. but it does seem like faith is a big kind of recurring thing in, in your life. So you said that's come from your parents? Yeah. Um, cool. My mom was definitely a huge advocate for that, um, but it's more so up to a certain age, she allowed us to decide what we wanted to do as far as 
um, she had given us this foundation um, in the in the church and in the Bible. But once we got to being a certain age, it's like it's your turn to just make it your own and, and create that relationship because that's what's most important to me. Um, every person's relationship with Christ is different, um, but it, once you make it your own and each person has their own has their own struggles and their own journeys, and that really is what builds it. Cool. Um, the second thing is, I was watching this throwback video okay. of like the Curry family. Okay. And you must have been five years old. Do you, do you know this video I'm talking about? It's like you guys are on a basketball court. Right, took the ball from him, from yeah. Stefan. Yeah. You were balling out. It was in Toronto. Yeah. That was sweet. That was really fun to watch. I, was, I, was like, <laughs> I don't really remember that ever happening. I don't remember that. Um, I might have been like six. I was six when we lived in Toronto. I was just like, it's my ball. Like, y'all have your own ball. This is mine. Don't uh, touch it. <laughs> no, I get, I get, I'm, I'm the middle of five. Oh, so I'm wow. the third in line, too. We're different because you're the youngest. So, yeah. like, maybe a little more spoiled than I was. Just but a little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, so, anyway, so your mom played volleyball at Virginia Tech. Am yeah. I correct? Yep. When did you get into volleyball? So, I went to my first volleyball camp as sixth grader. Um, but I played basketball all the way up to high school. And then once you get to a certain point in um, the high school, in your high school years, volleyball and basketball are in the same season. Volleyball club travel right. and basketball high schools in the same season, and to get scholarships, like you have to be on an AAU team and a club team, so so that coaches can see you. And so they just were. I couldn't do both. I had to pick. Um, and so it was between basketball or volleyball, which one did I want to do? And I landed on volleyball. Oh, like literally because I don't like to run or I didn't like to run. Like I just was the like, irony of <laughs> this was, whole situation is, is honestly, it's like, palpable. it's like you try. And I, I, I think it's hilarious because I tell uh, people like I picked volleyball and then I got to college and we're running like every single day in weights and yeah, in practice. And yeah. it's just like, you couldn't hide from it. Um, and then after, you know, graduating from college and having to go into the real world, real world and take over my own health and wellness, which is like the hardest thing in the entire world. Like I'm sure you guys know, like it is so hard instead of just being able to show up to practice and okay, we're going to do this, go to weights. All right, we're doing this, yeah, this, and this. Nobody's telling you what to do. No anymore. one's telling you a thing. So that's been um, a journey, but I definitely know that like, you know, I can't hide from running. I need to do it. And it also helps with my mental health as well. Yeah. You balled out at Elon. I tried. You balled out. You had like, I, I was just like reading through some stats. Um, geez, eighth on the assist list. I was watching your your sets. I was watching like a little Sidel Curry highlight tape. There's one of Beast those? Beast mode. Yeah, there is. <laughs> You've seen it. Don't I lie. Don't I swear. lie. <laughs> I swear. I don't like watching myself. I don't like hearing myself, which is really ironic that I have a YouTube channel and right. I'm like in, like in the social media world because – Part of me does not like like looking or hearing myself, but it's still fun. We're millennials. Like this is what we do. It's just like it's all it's all about me. I've tried. Know? I've tried the nine nine to five thing. I just can't do it. Yeah. Okay. So tell me. I can't do it. Tell me what happens after you graduate, Elon. Yeah. This great volleyball career. Yeah. So I actually ended up having to quit volleyball early. I had a fifth year. Okay. Um, but I ended up getting my fifth concussion during my spring season, going into my fifth year. So um, my whole like career thing just had to start immediately then um but my sister-in-law was opening a restaurant with the mina group out, out in california so i just and they had offered me to offer me a job to be a uh, corporate manager for the company so i mean it's a restaurant like i like food i worked in a restaurant 
while I was in um, high, or college as well. So I was like, sure, I'll do it. So I moved out to the Bay, and I had this job with the restaurant, and it was fun, but it was like I was working like 15 out, 12, 15-hour days. Like, it was crazy. Dang. And I, I'm a huge family person. Like, I thrive off of being around my family and my dogs, like, if I don't have them, I'm literally, like, the worst person. I'm miserable. And I wasn't seeing them as much, and I was missing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was missing out on so much, and so I was like, I can't do this. Like, I was crying every day. So I quit that job, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just decide to, like, do something with the platform that I have on Instagram. Like, I don't have it for, for any reason. And with today's day and age, you can do stuff if you really work on it. But, you know... Once you start out small, there's not a lot of income coming with that, and it's really struggling. And I live in the Bay, and so I have to pay rent. I have so many expenses that I just wasn't I wasn't covering with the whole social media and branding thing. So I just I didn't quit that, but I also got a job at Tesla. So I saw that. Yeah, yeah, so I was working for Tesla in the service department, which I loved that job. Like, I loved it so much. Um, It was still long days, but I loved people that I worked with, and I loved being able to come in contact with people every day. Um, But I was falling behind on my brand because I was still working really long hours. Um, But then I ended up getting my show picked up, Sidel Takes On, which I just did with Complex. uh, It's on Facebook. And so I had to quit that job, Tesla, to go film that. And then... Once I did that, like a lot of other things started coming up with like my brand and I started really honing in on what I wanted to do as far as um, a curry girl and, you know, expanding that. So ever since then, I was able to, you know, continue with what I'm doing. And I, I saved a lot of money with Tesla as well, which helped a lot in the beginning stages of right. the branding part. But right. Yeah. You mentioned a curry girl. And uh, for those of you who don't know, she has her own blog called a curry the loading screen is like so great. Seriously. <laughs> that one needs a little bit, that, that site needs a little bit of work. Ever since I started my YouTube, it's just a lot of stuff been going on YouTube more than my blog. But I, I mean, I have some stuff on there. So, so tell me, when did you start YouTube and why? Well, the, honestly, the irony in my whole career is hilarious because when I started a curry girl in general, I had the blog and I had my, my he was my brand, my brand um, ambassador or manager then. Um, he was like, well, what do you want to do with your, with your with your brand? And I was like, I don't want to be on YouTube. Like, I don't want to be a YouTuber. That's just... Ouch, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> because, like, again, I don't like looking at myself. <laughs> I don't like watching myself. Yeah. Um, but then somehow, I don't really remember. He was like, okay, well, let's just do a Q&A. Let's just do a Q&A. And it's much easier to answer people's questions on video. Right. And I'll edit it for you so you don't even have to look at yourself anymore. Like, whatever. So I did the first Q&A. I got like a certain amount of views on that, which was awesome. I was not expecting it at all. And then I kind of was like, you know what? It's not that bad. Like I like talking. Like people ask me lots of questions and it's easier than responding to every single person. Like, okay, this is, this is the makeup I use or this is my skincare or this is my mental health journey, which was probably my favorite video to date was when I sat down and actually was able to like talk to people about uh, my mental health and like my personal journey which is why I started the whole thing in the first place I mean we we all love products and brands and stuff like that but like what's the meaning behind it all and what are we really trying to accomplish and so I was like why don't I just take the lifestyle part and really put the life part in the into lifestyle and bring in the mental health part whoa that's good um I I hated social media like like I don't know six years ago yeah and then 
kind of was forced into it because my wife. Uh, <laughs> He's saying but, thank you. <laughs> but I've grown to like really fully appreciate it because I truly believe that like everyone has a unique message and experience that like needs to be shared. Absolutely. And it sounds like you finally found yours with the mental health thing. So I've, I've watched the mental health video. I hope you don't mind talking about oh, that yeah, a little bit because there's a couple I'm, things. I'm an open book about Sweet. that stuff. Well, you mentioned that a couple things. Uh, when did anxiety start? So it started, okay. <laughs> I always knew I was interested in like psychology from right. my freshman year in high school. I was like, I want to be a psych major when I go to college. Um, and I ended up being in this, I think I always had a touch of anxiety, but um, my senior year, like early end of my junior year to my sophomore year of college, I was in this like really bad relationship. Um, and during that time, I also had gotten my second concussion at the time. And so if you do like a lot of research on concussions and how that affects mental health, and then also just me being in like this relationship that kind of just sucked everything out of me, adding all of that together, um, and also having my background of going to classes and reading about anxiety and reading about all these different um, like mental health problems that people have. I didn't diagnose myself because I went to someone because I was dealing with a lot and I just went and talked to someone and they're like, that's what, that's what it sounds like. But I kind of knew just from, you know, reading about it and then knowing my feelings and knowing that like I was just nervous to really be myself or to not say the wrong things sometimes. Or like I was always social butterfly. If you ask my mom at, at her school, I think in uh, my report card, they wrote, like, Sadell's a social butterfly. She, she's a good student, but she talks a lot. And, then, <laughs> and um, when I got maybe to my junior year of college, I just didn't I, – I, I partied a lot in college. Like, I had a really good time. I'm not afraid to say that. But there was Don't a, listen to this. <laughs> no, she knows. <laughs> I got it from her. <laughs> um, but then I got to a certain point where, like, I just didn't like being around a lot of people. Um, if I, if I wanted to go out and have a good time, I had to really have to talk myself into it. And I had like, sometimes I would have like anxiety attacks and, and in big groups and I'd have to walk out. Um, so it's just, and that's just not normal. Like that was not normal for me at all. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I realized. That's crazy. <laughs> I, um, I guess I've experienced anxiety. I call it anxiety. Um, my rookie year in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think it starts, for me, it started with like really low self-confidence. And then like, I was in a, I love talking yeah. with people. Yeah. But then I like couldn't look anybody in the eye. And then that like even lowered myself. And I would like literally show up to these team meetings where I'm in a room of 90 people and we got the head coach of an NFL, like NFL team standing up there. And I would have to bite my tongue to not literally scream out and yell yeah. i'm like what is wrong with me no what I, is going on i think that that's the whole thing with like athletes that in general every athlete has to have some type of anxiety because there's just so much pressure that comes with you know having to perform well right especially if you really really care about it and i and i one of my goal i, I know we're going to talk about this later but one of my goals is to really hone in on like athletes and people of color um, to try and normalize mental health in a, in a sense because, yeah. like, athletes go through... We're, we're more than just, like, a football player, 
a basketball player, Jen is a, a volleyball player. Like we actually like, have lives and feelings. And a lot of times if you're in, especially if you're in a professional setting, people just look at you as like a dollar sign or someone who's going to win this for my, my town or my country. And there's like so much more right. about that, especially with injuries, like with my concussions, um, they're, by the end, they were, they were like, okay, we probably should wait more than two weeks to put her back into the game. But that's something that when coaches and when teams need you, they're like, okay, how fast can you get back? And you, But you want to get back too, and you're like, okay, I think I'm feeling good, but you're not really feeling good, and you never really know right. if, you're, if you're really 100%. Um, and, and we do that with like our actual ailments. Like with a broken arm, we can't really go, but – you know, you can't really see what's going on in someone's head, and it's really hard to yeah. really take care of that. It isn't. I mean, we we really live in such a performance-based society. Like, athletes, for sure, where it's, like, so exposed. But yeah. also, I mean, like, the job market's for brutal. Sure. 100%, but yeah. What do you feel like some of the biggest misconceptions about mental health are? Honestly, it's more so just, like, knowledge, um, again, I, it's hard for someone to, especially someone who's going through mental health, to explain what's going on with them when they don't really know what's going on. So if someone's like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you acting like that? I don't know. Like, I have a great job. I have a great family. I'm physically okay. But something's just not right. Um, but also, it's, we, also we like to compare our struggles to other people's. Um, and I always say that my mountain is my mountain, and your mountain might be bigger than mine, but I still have to go over mine, um, and I still have to climb it. And so when we're stuck in a world of social media and all the things where we're just comparing and contrasting our lives to other people, we kind of lose sight of what's going on inside of us. And so I think that's like the hardest part is really getting people to address it if that's something that they could possibly be dealing with. Right. That is something you mentioned in your video that I found really uh, intriguing and I connected with where you said, you know, people look at you, they're like, oh, you had a great upbringing. Like, there's nothing traumatic that happened to me. My family's great. They love me. Why do you have anxiety? Yeah. And I feel like that is one where it's like, hey, just because just cause you ha had this doesn't mean you're, you're not susceptible to something like that. So, yeah. Anyway, I feel like you're sharing a really good message. Keep 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 doing it. Um, so you have a lot of fun projects you're working on right now. You mentioned your show, Sidel Takes On. Yes. Well, that has That's already just, launched, right? Yeah, but you can still watch it on Facebook. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Um, so the idea came from uh, my my ex-manager, Chan, um, and I. We were still really good friends to this day. Um, we were early on in the stages, and he knew someone that, you know, was a part of um, – authentic and so we just went to her authentic entertainment yes and we we went to her and like we wanted he was well he was like because i was i was like shy in the corner like you go talk to them i'll do whatever but just go talk to them he's like we want to do a show um they came back with the idea because my uh, another thing about my my brand is i'm an ordinary girl with extraordinary experiences and so i like that a lot thank you i'm a high five thank you <laughs> um so they, th they thought about all the other people out there who are in similar situations as I am, um, being a sibling of someone who's famous, but have my own spotlight or trying to create my own spotlight in a sense. And so we did some research and found some really amazing people um, who are doing their thing in spite of having the comparisons and like, I, I don't even know how to put it, but having someone famous yeah 
in general. Yeah. And so I went around, and the idea was I wanted to be able to learn something from each of them. So I went to, we filmed this in like 30 days, and we went from East Coast to West Coast to everywhere. It was tiring, and I was sick every other day, but it was really (laughs) fun. Um, And so we had um, Taylor Bennett on there, who's Chance the Rapper's brother. We had uh, uh, Lamine Jope, who is Issa Rae's brother. We had Savannah Ramirez, who's Sierra Ramirez's sister. We even went to like, nieces of uh, Steve Aoki, so Natalie and uh, Yumi Noonboom, and the list goes on and on. We had like nine people. Yeah. Yeah, nine people on the show, and it was it was incredible. Like, we just sat down and we talked kind of like what we're doing right now, and um, we got to learn a little bit about what they're doing with in their, with their careers and their life, what they're passionate about, because a lot of it wasn't just like, oh, teach me. With Lamine, he's a rapper, and so we, we did like a little rap or whatever, which was really fun. But with uh, Taylor Bennett, we went to a local charity that he does for the homeless youth in um, – did I say little charity? It's not little. He went to a charity in Chicago, um, and we sat down and talked with some of the homeless youth in Chicago, which was amazing. Um, and so it was a really fun thing to, to film. Yeah. yeah. I, I relate to that because having married an absolute beast of a woman, in a good way. I should not say beast, maybe. But no, an amazing. Beast uh, is fine, <laughs> I right? Know, I, I never know. I never know. Better I, than animal. <laughs> I, I'd rather be a beast than like animal. And that's the same thing. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's so humbling. It's like, hey, you part of you wants to just say, I'm really cool too, guys. Like, but everybody's asking you, uh, like, it must be so great to be but married to Sean. Do you it's know like, what's awesome? Because I was telling someone the other day, I was like, it honestly doesn't bother me, like. Because a lot of the time it's like, oh, Steph Curry's sister, like, da-da-da-da. And I'm like, good thing he's a good person. And, like, I yeah. actually really, like, he's just an all-around nice true. person. And I actually love him. And we get along, da-da-da. Because if I had to hear his name over and over and over and over again, and I could not stand him, that would drive me up the wall. So I'm like, I'm really blessed that I actually like that yeah. we, like, you know? That's true. It's, it's, it's we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that I get along with Sean? I'm assuming so. Unless <laughs> you guys are really good actors. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by ClearBank. ClearBank is changing the way entrepreneurs raise money with equity-free capital. Co-founder Michelle Romanow, star of Canada's Dragon's Den, which is a Canadian version of Shark Tank, co-founded ClearBank with her partner Andrew D'Souza after seeing how many companies were willing to part with precious equity in exchange for a bigger marketing budget. ClearBank believes that founders shouldn't give up a piece of their company to fund marketing and inventory expenses. ClearBank makes equity-free investments from $10,000 to $10 million and can get you a term sheet in less than 20 minutes. They charge a small flat fee for the capital and you pay them back using a win-win revenue share. This is not a loan. There is no interest rate. There's no fixed maturation date, no personal guarantees, no credit checks, and no financial covenants. ClearBank has relationships with marketing agencies, e-commerce professionals, venture capitalists, accountants, and more, giving you a true unfair advantage in the market. ClearBank invested over $150 million in 2018 and is on track to invest over $1 billion this year. Some notable portfolio companies are Public Goods, Lisa Sleep, Latote, and Buffy, just to name a few. So if you are doing over $10,000 a month in revenue, find Find out how you can receive ClearBank Capital by getting your 20-minute term sheet at clearbank.com slash east. That's clear, B-A-N-C, bank with a C, dot com slash east. ClearBank. Stop pitching and get back to doing what you love.
growing your business. Today's episode is also brought to you by Native. As Sean and I look to have our first child, we are really looking to buy high quality products with safe ingredients. And Native is a deodorant formulated without aluminum parabens and sulfates. For those of you who don't know, aluminum may be linked to some serious health ramifications, including breast cancer and Alzheimer's, and Native's deodorant is a great alternative to conventional deodorants. It's safe and effective, even though it's priced at a slight premium. I view this as totally, completely worth it. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews. You can see them in the Today Show, Women's Health, Elle, Good Morning America, and more. And Native comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women. Plus, they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. My personal favorite is the coconut vanilla scent. And let me tell you, I can be a sweaty, smelly guy during my workout, but Native has proven to me that they can hang throughout my workout. They offer free returns on exchanges in the U.S. And if you subscribe, you can save 17%, which is $2 per stick, and Native will be conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, three, or four months. I think this is a fantastic product, and I think it's worth giving it a try. If you guys want, you can save 20% off your first purchase if you visit nativedeodorant.com slash east and use promo code east during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase if you go to nativedeodorant.com slash east. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've ever felt like there is something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp has online counseling that is there for you. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, grief, self-esteem, and more. You can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Anything you share is confidential, and it is so convenient. You can now get help at your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. If you are not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time at no additional charge. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option, and for redirected listeners, you can get 10% off your first month with discount code EAST. That's E-A-S-T. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com forward slash EAST. You simply fill out a questionnaire that's going to help assess your needs, and you get matched with a counselor that you're going to love. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash EAST, and you will get 10% off your first month. In one of your videos, you mentioned um, that you're trying to answer this question for people, what is a curry girl? Kind of like along these same lines. Have you like honed in on that answer? Like what, what is a curry girl? It's kind of an ambiguous question, but I'm curious. I mean, a curry girl is me. And what I am and in general is just, I feel like, to be like really vague, I guess, and like surface. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> we can be surface as because I'm so I'm such a like a family person, very family oriented. So I I bask in the fact that I'm a wife and a sister and a daughter and a cousin and and so on and so forth. Like I love that and I love just being that for people. But I also love that you know my following it can relate to me in a sense. Like I love that I can go into my DMs and see someone be like, oh. Like, I'm having a bad day, this is what's going on, and I can respond back and have that connection as well. So I love that. I think a curry girl in general is just relatable, um, but also gives people some kind of sense of, like, companionship in a, in a world that can be very lonely. Yeah. Um, 
and so that's kind of like what I am in general. But I'm fun. I'm a fun person. Um, good answer to a tough <laughs> question. Good answer to a question. You, you recently got married. I, yeah, we just like celebrated our first anniversary. Like, what's today? The fifth. Oh, I don't even know if I can say what day it is. But like <laughs> five five days ago. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Na- married Damien. Damien Lee. Name, right? mm-hmm. yeah. How did you guys meet? Oh, that's a story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Seth played for Duke um, in college, Duke University, and Damien had like three of his best friends played on Duke as well, um, and they were playing in the NCAA tournament in Philly, and Damien went to Drexel for four years before transferring to, to Louisville. So he, we were both at the game in Philly to watch – our respective people. I was sitting in the stands with my parents. Damien was walking up the sta- up the s- stairs with his one of his friends. And I guess I don't remember this. This is Damien's like whole thing. But I remember being there and I like it would make it makes sense to me. But we like made eye contact for like 15 seconds. And then fast forward like 2 years. Um, Elon is in the same conference as Drexel the CAA. And you know how Instagram works like the connect people that are in your network yeah and so he like hopped in my dms um and i think okay this is so stupid there was this page called attractive athletes that was on instagram a long time ago and i guess i was on that page and he sent it to me in my dms and he was like oh i see you and i was like okay cool whatever but i was dating somebody at the time so i was like okay dude like bye like thanks whatever he like invited me to a game to come watch him and I ended up getting the flu so I couldn't go watch him because I played at Elon and then maybe a year after that year year and a half after that he was entered he had entered the pre-draft and was in Oakland and so he texted me because we had just been like friends or whatever or might have snapchat me and he was like hey like I'm in Oakland for pre-draft training um I know you come out here every summer. Like, do you want to hang out? And I was, I was just, by the way, I was single. <laughs> I was right, single I like by it. then. <laughs> and I, I was on the whole thing. Like, oh, I'm going to be single for a while. Like, I don't want to <laughs> date anybody. And um, <laughs> I did. My mom gave me this look. I did say that. Did I not? No. Um, and so I flew out there. I was like, sure. I'll, like, oh, I'll show you around, whatever. And we went on four dates in five days, and then the rest is history. Four dates in five days? Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to Sean and I's story. I slid in her DMs. Not as strong as Damien did to you. But then we went on, we went on two dates in, in one year. Uh, she stood me up for like nine months. So oh, it was wow. like, it's kind of it's kind of. Were you long distance? It sounds like, No. Nope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to help you, my no. bad. <laughs> Long story behind that my one. My bad. Um, and so I was, I was like looking at your Instagram. I was like, All right, you said you're a mom to Quavo and Nobu. Quavo. I was like, Nobu. she's got kids. She's like pretty young, <laughs> but classic dog the names lover. Are kids, Quavo and Nobu. I mean, Quavo. Somebody probably. Does. One of the my actual kids, though. Like no. Yeah. They don't sound like dog names. There's crazier things have happened. Uh, Quavo? True. I don't know. I, I, I mean, he was supposed to be named Offset, but we thought Quavo, we thought that Offset was a little bit too much for a dog. Yeah. What about Nobu, though? Like the, the restaurant? No, we didn't name him. So we adopted him when oh, he I was two, and he is, his name was Nobu, and we thought it was bougie enough to go with Quavo, so we'd keep it. That's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we kept the bougie. Yeah. <laughs> theme. Damien makes some 
cameos in the YouTube videos. That's those are kind of my favorite parts. Mine too. And he's he doesn't. Always, he's like no. <laughs> he's so funny. Like he's hilarious, and everyone likes. I feel it. like she's I blushing talking about her husband. This is adorable. <laughs> Um, this is, this okay, is now I am. <laughs> uh, but you also, uh, you just like launched a new wine, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Tell me about Domain I Curry. I always forget about that because that's my favorite project that I've done so far. Big into wine? Yes. Nice. Very much so, yes. Um, so uh, it's a wine that is called Domain Curry, um, Femme 31. I did it, partner with my sister-in-law, Aisha, on it. And we started it because we wanted to partner on something together, Um and we didn't know what we wanted to do. It was like we could do clothes or shoes or sunglasses, but like everybody does something like that. And then we were, I think we were at uh, dinner one night, and it was my mom's birthday. And Aisha stood up, and she gave this like really good toast for my mom. And she had like a glass and a glass of wine in her hand. She was like, just like this wine, like it's big, bold, like jammy. Like once you taste it, like you want to keep going back for more. And like this is what my, we call my mom Grashi. Well, who's giving this toast? Aisha. Damn, that's a dope it's, toast. It was really good. That's she's fantastic. really good at wow, that. Wow. Okay. And we call my mom Grashi, and so she's like, "Here's to Grashi." And she sat down, and we were like, looked at each other, and we we're like, "That's what we're gonna do. Like, wine. we're gonna make a wine that we like, that we can pass down to the like a a, a women's wine that we can pass down to all the other women in our family. So like the kids, like my nieces Riley, Ryan, and Carter. Right. They'll eventually, if they want to, um, inherit that down the line because wine is timeless. You know, it'll never go away. Right. Um, and so we have our Cabernet, which we launched almost two years ago, I believe. Yeah, almost two years ago. Cabernet, we have three vintages of that, but the first two are sold out. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, but our, 20, our, 19, our 20, 2016 got a 94 rating, which honestly was like crazy. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, which was crazy because we literally put just what we like in a bottle and we're new, like we're newbies to this. We're just putting stuff in a bottle that we really enjoy. And so when we got that rating, we were like, wow, like that's crazy. People actually, it's such validation that people like what we genuinely enjoy. Um, And so we have our 2017 vintage coming out in the fall next month. And then we have a Sauvignon Blanc, which you came out with in uh, last June, which is really good for the summer. So that's great. I, I I want some right now. I'm kind of like on a. We're not drinking wine right now. Pregnancy. Almost right. Hashtag. You're almost. You're almost there. How yeah, much longer really you excited. have? She got me into. I didn't even drink before I met Sean, and then she's like, "Oh, let's drink wine. It'll be great." And then she'd give me like just when I was getting into it, pregnant. <laughs> it's like what a tease. What a tease. <laughs> she knew <laughs> what she was doing. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, well, you said you call your sister-in-law Grashi? No, we call my mom Grashi. And so she was like, here's to Grashi the, during the toast. Okay. But we call Aisha Ishibu. And you're called Flossie? Is this what I call? Wow, what you did your Flossie? research. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my that? family calls me Flossie. It all ends in ease? ease? No, not on purpose. Um, I don't, where did that come from? Was it, I think it was my dad. My dad just started, call, my, just started calling me Flossie. And huh. That's it. That's the story. Uh, yeah. Floss. It well, stuck around. Uh, huh? Steph, my brother Stefan makes a joke because I might have had like eight different nicknames growing up. But he was like, your nickname is Sadell Peanut Princess <laughs> Flossie. Like all these different names in like one. And I guess Flossie stuck. That's cool. I, I like families with nicknames. Um, 
So you went to school to be a psychologist, you said. Yeah, I'm a psych major. I still got a little bit ways to go to make a career out of it, but yeah. I'm not done yet. <laughs> it's, it is your goal to be a yeah. marriage and family. Wow, you right? really did your research. Am I... There are a lot out there on me. <laughs> Do I just tell everything? <laughs> you got to Google yourself sometime. Google yourself. Yeah, I want to be a marriage and family therapist. Why do you want to do that? So it was either between, I wanted to go into counseling, and it was between mental health and marriage and family therapy. Um, but then I thought about, like, you have to think about your self-care as well if you're in this, in this wow, career. Because you go in every day, and you hear all these people's problems. And if you actually have a heart, you're going to, like, feel their problems, too. And... I have my problems and then having to bury the weight of their problems as well. I just know myself and I know that that was going to be a lot. But then my parents just, they went through uh, marriage marriage therapy and they, my mom would talk to me about it and like just thinking about the divorce rate and just how like sacred marriage is. Like I love being married and I have really good examples of what good marriages marriages are. Um, And I'm very, very passionate about it as well because a lot of young people, they're, they're, I don't know, a lot of my friends, they're like, oh, I'll get married when I want to get married. And I'm not pushing it on them. Just how sacred marriage is, um, it's hard, though, right? Like, it's not an easy thing at all. I'm only a year in and, and just having, like, their examples as well. Like, they've been through, like, a lot, and they've still made it, but with some help. And it's okay to ask for help. Like, that's my whole thing, even with regular therapy, like. It's not anything to be ashamed of. Nothing's perfect. Sometimes you just need a little bit of help. Right. And so I, you could never have enough marriage and family therapies. Did you guys there. do premarital counseling, you and Damien? We did. That was yeah. the best thing. It was, that Sean right? And I did. I it was so. It. it was like we did it. It was supposed to be, I think, over eight weeks. Sean and I were like two days. We did sixteen-hour days. <laughs> oh, it was wow. tears nonstop. It was like intense. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah, we did four. For uh, f- oh, so like a month of it, yeah. Um, four sessions, and I cried. I'm, I'm a crier, and I was like, "Sorry, it's what you're getting into." But it was great. <laughs> like I highly suggest it. My brother and my brother's getting married next month. Seth's getting married not next month, next week, and Whoa. they're doing it now. So, um, which is nice. So I highly recommend uh, premarital counseling. You just you think you know a lot about each other, and then you go through pre- uh, premarital counseling. You're like, oh. Now I really know you. Hopefully, that's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah, that, that is the goal. <laughs> uh, do you have uh, anything else you're excited about? Any other goals you're working towards? Um, I think right now I just, I'm really like liking that I have a new team that I'm with. And so we're getting to know each other and, and have a lot of things that we want to do in the future. Um, so, I mean... I have a lot of ideas, okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I don't want to press. No, no, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious. You've done so much, been exposed to so much, as you said. What are three things that you've learned that you can share with the audience that might apply with them? Um, I think the first thing is before doing anything, um, is just finding that purpose and and not just going in there like with uh, whatever, like having a purpose behind everything that you do. Um, and then the second thing going after that would be once you're in that, don't forget it. Because especially for me in general, uh, in, in the social media space that I've seen with me is you go in with the purpose and then you kind of lose it because you're looking at val- validity and, oh, I didn't get as many likes on this as I did on that one. And, right. oh, this isn't performing as well. Um, and then you start like it, – it, 
it, st- it starts becoming an actual job and really stressful. And with what we do, it's like all about our lives. So it's hard to, to really do something successfully and be happy with it, especially if it has to do with your life when you're stressed out the whole time and you're not doing it for the reasons why you started it. Right. Um, so for me, that's something that I've really had to learn. I've taken many breaks from YouTube just because I'm not happy with how I am with myself. And I mean, I filmed a heck of things, but I'm just, it doesn't feel like me. Um, and so not being afraid just to take some time for yourself and then leading to my third one is just self-care, like take care of yourself and um, don't forget about who you are um, and if don't hold yourself to so much pressure like it's okay just to to breathe and because the best things come from that when you're just like I mean times get stressful and and you know you go through different things you have to push through them like crazy but I don't know, never forget who you are yeah that's great so I feel like those are three really great takeaways I'm gonna I'm gonna have to remember the purpose one tomorrow when we're doing our run. Right. I, th- I forgot all about the run. Uh, this is a nice, like, like mind changer because I'm telling you, my stomach has been flipping ever since we got here, and it hasn't flipped once until just now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I Also, we can't listen to music tomorrow. I know. I so. can't look at the t- no time, right? It's I saw that mental. on the thing, like, you can't look at time. I'm so excited, but I could not be more... <laughs> I could not be more nervous. Um, I'm looking anyway. at McDonald's right here, and I'm like, I'm going to reward myself with a fry. <laughs> we got McDonald's over here? It's straight there. It's also a 3 a.m. wake-up call. It's going to be awesome, though. We're going to the it's Salt so Flats yeah. for this, the A6 Eternal Run is what we're talking about. And uh, it's going to be at sunrise. Very pretty. You've seen pictures of the Salt Flats. No, I have I, What? I didn't even know we were going. Oh, it's all a secret. You're right. It's yeah. so it's Oh, it's just... <laughs> Well, I've been, I've been trying to gather information. <laughs> Asking every person I'm that like, walks by, excuse yeah. me, do you know what's happening at this race? I, I legit, that's you what I... You dress normal, like in a business suit. What's, what's happening? <laughs> what are you guys doing here? Anybody uh, fill me in here? Um, so I hope I can sleep in the car tomorrow. But I um, think that's the goal. Two you can hours? find Sidel and I will be posting about the Eternal Run um, on our social media. You can find her in the show notes down below, the YouTube channel, everything. She does faith, fashion, fitness. I watched her skincare routine. Shout out Mama Curry for just <laughs> she fantastic skin. She sometimes makes her her uh, debut on uh, my YouTube channel. That's actually, besides the basketball one, that's been my top, my top view. Wow. But she said that I have to pay her to, for her to come back. So if oh, you keep watching I and I make money off of these YouTube videos, then I can pay her for her to come back. You're doing the race tomorrow too, Miss <laughs> Curry? Mom, you doing the race? You're running tomorrow too, tomorrow morning? No, no. <laughs> I saw your name on the roster. I saw your name on the roster. So, <laughs> Anyway, um, thank you, ASICS, for giving us this awesome place to be in Salt Lake yes, City. thank you. And uh, I'm really, really pumped to be running these glide ride they're shoes. All, they're all broken in, ready yeah. to go. I'm going to be linking those in, in uh, the show notes as well, and you'll find those on Sadell and I's Instagram. But Absolutely. that's all we got. Sadell, this was really fun. Thank, thank you, you so much. Appreciate it was awesome. that. It's good to meet you.